just hit record right away in case something happens. What are you doing? Are you taking uh, the boy? No. I'm sorry. No. Sorry, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just organising the children and our new kitten. Um, I don't know how he's going to be while we're sitting here recording. Yeah, um, I am brought to you by the latest Disney Plus movie coming out today. Oh. Um, I started it right at 7 p.m. Oh. I was like, and play. <laughs> What's the latest Disney Plus movie? Sneakerella. Sneakerella, okay. Cinderella. Oh. oh, and they're wearing sneakers. Clever. <laughs> And it's a boy who designs sneakers and loses a sneaker, I guess. <laughs> Sneakerella. I'm going to have to look that one up. Our girls have gone maybe slightly past Sneakerella, but I'm not sure. Now you're like, oh, what adult movie can I show my children? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. I get to that point? <laughs> well, Violet has started watching uh, horror with Juz. So... They started because she wanted really wanted to watch A Quiet Place because her friends, so she, she's, you know, 13. So she was asking, oh, my friend said A Quiet Place. I said, oh, yeah, you can watch that. It's a bit scary, but it's a good sort of tester. Um, and then they, I can't remember what else they watched, but they started watching some stuff. But then Juz wanted to jump to scream immediately. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> That's Isn't pretty- that camp, though? Isn't that more camp? Well, I, I never really watched it. All oh, right. I um I used to teach uh well I still do, but I used to teach a unit on horror um to year eight students, so you know, 13, 14 year olds. And I said, Well, we'll watch the opening scene of Scream because it's really well done and it's got Drew Barrymore and it's mm-hmm. even that's a commentary and all of this stuff. And so we watched it, and then when I turned it off, someone said, Oh, look at Tommy over there. And this kid had gone completely pale, like ter- oh. absolutely terrified. Um, you got lots of calls from parents. I didn't, but I, that was one where I probably should have. That should have been one where you're like, yep, sorry, misjudged that. Like he was so scared uh-huh. that, that no one made fun of him, you know, like it got to that point where everyone could realise like, oh, I think we've done some damage there. <laughs> so it made, a, it made it a little tricky. Uh, so, yeah, that's. I, that's when, yeah, if Violet wants to watch that, then, yeah, maybe not. But, yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're still on the Disney Plus. They still enjoyed uh, Turning Red. and Yeah, well, it's about puberty, so, of course, hmm. they should be watching it. It's their demographic. <laughs> it is certainly, yeah. I mean, it's Violet was, you know, she got these books uh, called Girl Stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very good. They're very straightforward books, but um, she asked for one for a, I don't know, was it a 10th birthday maybe? And her auntie bought her girl stuff ages 8 to 12 and she was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want this. (laughs) I want the 13 plus book. And she, that was like, she read that cover to cover like many, many times just because that's where she wanted to go straight away, which was good. Yeah. Because I didn't really have many answers for for her. Now, Abigail has started to ask lots of detailed questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... And how old is how old Abigail? Abigail is seven and a half. Right. Yeah, like, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
very mature. Yep. And yep. medicines. Yes. I got, yeah, I had one of them. Yeah. Like stuff from the boy contributes stuff to the egg to the girl. She's yeah. like, well, how does the stuff from the boy get to the girl? And you're like, don't want to go there quite yet. But. <laughs> well, see, we, we sort of, you know, grew up with Violet. Uh, Jazz's mum is a nurse. Jazz's stepdad's a paramedic. So they were always pretty straightforward. So yeah. then we were straightforward. I don't know the wording. Maybe we should have written it, <laughs> written it down, but I don't know the wording of explaining that part. I think youth, as a parent, I always thought, oh, they want a detailed, a really detailed answer. But they are seven and a half and their concentration sort of lags for after about 10 seconds. So once you start going into a bit more detail, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I've got it. <laughs> it's fine. I've got it. Although I have a very clear memory of when I had to have that talk with my mother. I really? Think, you had you actually had the chat. I can't, I have no memory of it. Maybe I was the youngest. Yes. And um, I don't know what goes on to the podcast or whatnot. <laughs> well, you let me know. You let me know what goes on and what doesn't. Mom and Dennis got married right when I was eight. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and so Dennis is your uh, stepdad. The Dennis, yeah. Yeah. And so I heard things um, oh. I'd never heard before. Right, right, right. And I knocked on the door. <laughs> yeah. And um, then very shortly thereafter that, mom took me out for a meal and had to explain things to me. And I was like, oh, you really want to know? Yeah, it's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> and then I lived in fear of going to sleep in my own room. Oh, for wow. The rest of many years. <laughs> Because I was right across the hall from them. I don't right. know if you remember the layout of that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was across the hall from them. So I think you guys stayed in that room. Oh, great. <laughs> well, I think, no, we, all right. So we are getting way ahead of ourselves. I haven't even introduced you and we've already started. <laughs> um, I was going to check, is your last name Uesugi? Is that how you pronounce it? Good job, Mister. You lived in Japan. And yeah, Japan. yeah. Because I, I was, is that is that how it's pronounced? Uesugi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm talking to Carrie Ann Uesugi, who's coming to me, coming to us from where are you? I thought you were in Chicago, but that's not right. We moved at the beginning of the pandemic um, right. to um, Columbia, Maryland, right. which is a suburb right in the middle um between baltimore and washington dc right so east coast that's where we're coming from yeah. mm -hmm. right because yeah i was a bit confused right so we met in oh god what year was that 2003 yeah right and we met in england well you met justine first Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to go back she and forth. She had this and... boyfriend who was also <laughs> in England. No one can see you doing the little speech quotes there for boyfriend. You don't know him. <laughs> he lives overseas. That's probably what she was saying to people. I've got. I do have a boyfriend, but he lives in England. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember you guys had like just gotten together, like in Australia, but then you yeah. both went. You left and came to Northampton, and then she went to Leeds. And that's right. Yeah, it was. It was. I always, uh, in that in the last episode, I, I talked with an ex-student who complained about the way I taught romance because I taught it as its marketing tool and it's <laughs> you got to be mindful of that. The, yeah, <laughs> cynical English teacher. But I always told them too the the story of me 
going to England after, just after getting together with Justine and then fate steps in and says, yeah, she's coming to England too. So that could happen. That sounds like a romantic story. Um, so what were you doing in England? I just was doing a study abroad semester because um, that's what students who had the means would do um, yeah. when I was, I mean, I was on a scholarship so I could, you know, it was pretty easy for me to like do a study abroad up um, just six months. I knew no foreign language. So um, I had to go to England and yeah. um, it was like England or Ireland. Um, yeah, I think Charles and, was the same. We had, had that choice as well. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like, oh, I could have tried. I could have had a, like a more <laughs> foreign experience. <laughs> but then we wouldn't, was, we wouldn't be chatting now, would we? No, and I, I almost went to Lund in mm. Sweden, because mm. I had a um, my my research mentor uh, as an undergrad was like, you should go to Lund. They have a great program, and I don't know what happened to switch to Leeds. I have no recollection. Yeah, probably because I was like Sweden. I don't want to go there. <laughs> so <laughs> cold. <laughs> yeah, that's that cold. Oh God. Um, yeah, so I don't know how I picked leads either. I have no recollection of any of this. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I met Justine quickly, like first couple of days there. Yeah, because I remember she, I, I met her at the airport. She stayed in Northampton for a couple of days and then she went to Leeds. And then I might have come up a week later and you, she already had this circle. Of, she already had a circle of friends. With <laughs> she's yourself. very outgoing. Yeah, yeah, she's very outgoing with yourself and the Mexican and... Uh, I can't remember the other people, but yeah, very quick. And it was it was interesting to look back and be like, all right, the first four people she said hello to, they were her friends. <laughs> Basically, we were sitting in some sort of orientation or some sort of student exchange meeting. I had met a friend who, or our friend Katie, who was at university um, or Penn State University. Yep. And then Justine was sitting in the same row. And I was like, I'm from North Carolina. She's like, I was a counselor in North Carolina. That's right. Yes. And that was it. And then that was it. Together. Yes, together. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, you two were like a, just firm friends, right? That's where the term comes from is, the, is, like I said, I met you after you'd been friends for four days. And I was like, oh, okay. These people have been friends forever. Yeah. Um. I, don't, I guess because you're looking for something when you yeah. go abroad, you don't have anybody. I mean, you went with your yeah, I went with Craig. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. like I had nobody. <laughs> so you just like latch on, let's go. We're friends. But, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I guess I've got. I lived with. Do your podcast listeners know who the Mexican is? Uh, he do, we. I don't think he's come up very much, but we can talk. There was a guy we we know him well. His name's Mark, but. He's forever the Mexican, just the way you're Keza or what were the other names? Ketty or Karina. Yeah, there's all different names. <laughs> Are we going to go through the rest of this podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> but yes. That the, the, fun the, when visit. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, the Mexican is, uh, is he's, uh, as far as we know, living in Sydney. He's a, a man that we run into, I, I tend to run into when I go to the cricket. Uh, oh, that's nice. And it has happened in the past where all my friends know him because we, I always run into it at the cricket. And there was one particular time where 
we got off the train in Sydney and uh, I think my friend was like, are we going to run into the Mexican today? And I was like, I don't know. And we looked up and he was like two metres away from us. It just oh. always seemed to be there. And we went to his wedding and, yes, lovely fellow, but not too good on the uh, communication front. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his life's like. <laughs> I haven't seen him in years. But Do you ever talk about his life when you see him at the cricket? No, <laughs> he's not. He's not that kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, like, are you still married? Did you procreate? <laughs> I, I have, yeah, we have no idea. He's, he doesn't have social media. Every now and then, you know, he might call. Which is really weird because he was like a singer-songwriter, somebody who yeah. you would think would be putting yourselves out there to, you know. Yeah. But he just like following. I think he just, well, maybe he does, but we, he's just, maybe he's not very good at it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's, but he's also, I think, a kind of person who, like talking about his wedding was at the Sydney cricket ground, right? Which we didn't really think about. We got the invitation and we didn't think about until we're on the way there of like, why, why is Mark getting married at the Sydney cricket ground? That doesn't seem like his style. And then of course he won it. He won his wedding in a competition, which was outrageous. Amazing wedding. I think there was a game of AFL football played after his ceremony. He got to go out and toss the coin at the start of the game just, yeah, fell ass backwards into a $40,000 wedding or something like that, that, <laughs> that he won. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, you lived with the Mexican. And, he lived with me. He lived yeah. next door in my, my suite or whatever it was called. So you spend your time in Leeds going to class. What were you studying? I was a biochemistry major. So I was doing biochemistry courses. And then I think I took a general education requirement i did like modern british history right um hated all the classes i took um <laughs> didn't care at all about any of the classes i took yeah um, yeah that, t- that that time at leeds wasn't really about the classes was it it was about the social aspect and being in a different yeah. country yeah i think at least somebody told me either before i went or when i was there like does it really matter it's like status <laughs> like you gotta pass fail kind of thing so right i took that to heart it's not like I did horribly when I was there I tried to do like undergraduate research and yeah um I I just wasn't that into it and I wasn't that into biochemistry I think even then I just didn't know it quite then and my like career path took many twists and turns after that that yeah that's right biochemistry so (laughs) (laughs) yeah what did you care so the last I think the last time we, we were all together was at our wedding yeah. It was at our wedding in 2006, that's Justine and you and, and the Mexican. The Mexican turned up. We didn't know, again, we didn't know if he was coming. <laughs> he was in Brazil from memory, traveling, oh. and he landed the morning of our wedding. And then when I got to the church, I think one of my friends turned up and said, you know, the Mexican's here. And I was like, what? And I actually went to, to find him, but Jazz didn't know. I don't. I think when she came into the church and got up oh, onto really? the stage, I, I had to whisper to her, like, the Mexican's here. And like, I think that might have been the highlight of the wedding for her, really, was, was to see that. I know. But you were at our, at our wedding as well. Yes, I came like a week before. I was like, I became part of the family. I yes. was like, I'm not here helping to do anything, but my God, you can't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't leave me with these people. Exactly right. <laughs> no, no so, that was a lot of fun. No, um, my dear dad, who 
has since passed. He mm. like paid for my trip, like so that I could come out there, which was really nice. And wow. So the question is, like, where were you <laughs> before I you came was, to our wedding? I was in Zanzibar. <laughs> right. So um, so what were you doing in Zanzibar? I was doing a, my PhD research because I was in the I had subsequently um, gone to graduate school at Cornell University. Um, and hold on one second. Um, that's all right. Let me go get gum for somebody. No, that's hold okay. On. That's fine. What was the question? Um, so what were you doing in Zanzibar? Oh, in Zanzibar. Yeah, I went to, um, I did my, so my PhD at Cornell and I was in the nutrition department and I was studying um infant feeding um, and using processed baby foods to help um, prevent malnutrition in um, Sub-Saharan African uh, countries. So I was doing a research project in Zanzibar to study this new processed baby food yeah. um, and to see whether or not the, um, the population, the babies liked it, if there was any you know um, barriers to use, that type of thing, just studying that. So, it was my first time doing a research project in a different country. <laughs> wow, yeah, and you went to Zanzibar. It was like my first foray into international work, yeah. So what was that experience like, to ask the most boring general question, but what was the experience like for you? Um, I think I adapted well to it. I think that's why I continued to pursue it. I think once I got to Cornell, I had sort of been trying to continue doing like the lab, but doing like applied research and like looking at food science and looking at um, um, iron nutrition in the lab, but I yeah. just still didn't like working in a lab. And so by a lot of good fortune, I got connected to a professor in the nutrition department who was looking for a graduate student to go on a research trip and do like some you know, preliminary acceptability trials on this new. Um, He's a fluffy. Thank you, sweetie. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Is this a rag with cinnamon on it? Okay. I'm trying to trick you. It looks like a rag uh, with cinnamon on. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Carrie's daughter just bought in a mug with a rat, a white rag. So what? It's meant to be a. Cappuccino, is that what I meant yes, to be it looks at? like a foam, yes. Yeah. It looks like foam and a, and a big old, like, Friends-style cappuccino It is mug a Friends-style mug, yeah. But it's <laughs> so got cinnamon on the top to oh, fool you. Yes. It's a prank. <laughs> is, this, is this a snapshot of your life with your children at the moment? Is that what, what we're witnessing? Well, I work from home four days out of the week. Right, so right, right. They're home, like, after she gets home from school, it's like, oh, who are you talking to, you know, on your Zoom calls? Ah, she's one of them. She's a viral sensation, trying to be. Yeah, except it's not viral anymore when everybody. Everyone is, that's right. Yes, every child and cat and, yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, Zanzibar was cool. Um, I adapted well to the kind of work. I mean, I was in a totally different scenario. Pemba, where I was, is like a... 100% 100% Muslim, you know, mm. community. That was a little weird. I got like proposals of marriage and things like that and really couldn't leave the house alone right. without getting right. to. Because um, <laughs> I was an American woman. <laughs> wow. um, but 
I continued doing that for my PhD, but like right before I had left for Pemba, I had met my my now husband, Aaron. And I yeah. was like, oh yeah, I probably won't be like one of those globe trotting people. Right. Who, other people in my program were like constantly in a different country and there for like six months at a time. I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to be my lifestyle. <laughs> um, so so you- after... I got my PhD. I was like, I have to figure out how to how to do this work in America. Right. Sorry. So, so you knew pretty early on with Aaron that, like, yeah, when it you met him, Europe. yeah, yeah. So you were like, all right, this is going to shape my the future, not <laughs> traveling around. Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing that you. We're always very thankful you came to our wedding, um, especially from uh, the US via Zanzibar. <laughs> that was quite an achievement. <laughs> I went. I went Dar es Salaam to uh, Dubai for a layover and then wow. to Sydney. Dar, Dar es Salaam is only, the only other references I have are from like books and movies from like the 1940s, from like World mm. War II. It's like a big oh. shipping port, I think. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, one, of my, one of our favourite photos of our wedding is all us with all of our friends that we invited because we had a big friendship group and we, I think, I don't know how many people are in this photo, maybe close to 40 of our friends. It's a beautiful photo, but you're not in it. <laughs> and, so when I went to that, like, casino, yeah. this is my favorite, favorite thing. This is the, like, it's a great photo. I love it so much. But what makes me even happier is that you and two of our other friends weren't there because they were taking you to bet on horses for the first <laughs> time. So they, we were next to a bowling club. Yes. Uh, and yes, they're taking you over. I guess it was the TAB, is what they called it. Uh, and you, and they were teaching you how to bet on horses. And so we have this beautiful photo. It may, I think, it makes the photo even better that, that you're not there because you were gambling. There is a photo of me gambling. At that oh, really? Place that I have. I oh, will send well, it to you. Please do. Oh, that's amazing. But it is not to be posted because it was taken at a poor angle. That. <laughs> Uh, I was like, that's a little bit more exposure than I would be comfortable with. You dressed in a wedding in a probably a smoky TAB back then. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So and then afterwards, we all got sick. Yes, we did. Well, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great. What a great wedding. That's another thing I like to tell people about is is our torturous wedding that we <laughs> that we had. Tell people don't have a, <laughs> don't don't have a wedding don't have a wedding with the Maybe it was the uh, uh, chocolate fountain that made everyone sick, but it was definitely the uh, manager who, when we saw a few days before the wedding, was like, I'm just recovering from, like, stomach flu or something like that, but I'm okay now. Oh, <laughs> I'm fine I did now. not know that part. Yeah, that's, oh, that, that was all put together afterwards. It was like, remember when we saw the manager and she said she was getting over a bout of, like, this, whatever it was, what the, the thing that took everyone down? But yes, she had obviously passed it on to her staff and then her staff had happily passed it on to our many guests. So I think I think Juz's mum was counting, was telling how many people were at the wedding versus how many people got sick because she said if it got over 10% of the people, she'd have to report it <laughs> to the health department, yeah. I was like, really? Like 10 people getting sick of the same thing? That's not enough if we had over 100 people then it needed to be 12 people I don't know it was yeah wonderful but didn't you didn't you get some people got sick that day and that night 
and which they put down to you know overindulgence in drinking and and eating but did, you got sick when you were getting on your return flight weren't you yeah i was sick like i don't know if it was the night of but i think i woke up maybe then the night after yeah, in the right. middle of the night, the night after your wedding, I got, I was just so nauseous. I wasn't horrible. I was just so nauseous. And yeah. And then I had to get back on a flight and I. Fly back to Zanzibar. Yeah. Because <laughs> I do remember you. One of my strongest memories was, I think we went to the beach and then we took you to the airport and you were trying to keep it together. So they would let you on the plane, <laughs> which is not Are- great. I kept asking, like, don't you guys have any, like, like Pepto-Bismol or anti-nausea, um, like, met- over-the-counter medicine? And your mother, who's the- your mother-in-law, who's a no, nurse, a- like, nothing like that exists in Australia. Yeah, right. That's right. All I was like, it's everywhere in America, the pink stuff. Where is it? Oh, right. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, now, now we would know. We would know. We would get the uh, anti-nausea medicine. What's it called? On Dancitron. It's the... Uh- Oh. what's the clinical name for it can't remember um but that's what jazz was taking when she was which had hyperemesis oh, with, with babies. yeah with the baby so but now it's cheap it used to be very expensive it used to be 150 dollars yeah. for 10 pills and now it's probably 20 or something but well, oof. whenever you post this i'll find some photos i took a selfie before there were selfies yeah. of me because i was like out of it on the flight <laughs> Yep. I had a layover in Thailand. I don't think I had to get off the plane, but I just oh. remember being like, I'm in Bangkok, and I felt awful. <laughs> and I made it, and then somehow, like, my plane was late, and I missed, like, my connection to Pemba's. So, like, it's a miracle that I got back through customs, and <laughs> I, then I had to, like, go from Dar es Salaam and fly to Nguja, which is the larger island in Zimbabwe, and then I had to go from Nguja to on a small plane, smaller plane, even oh to God. Pemba, like a prop plane. And somehow I missed something and I had to spend the night in Nguja and I had to find a hotel to stay in. Oh God. And the meet, and I'm still like super sick. <laughs> and I have like a picture of me like. <laughs> just sick and sad. <laughs> just sick and sad. And I, you know, whatever. I was fine. I was fine. It was, it was fine. worth it. It was worth it. It you was worth to, it. You got to hug a koala. It was fine. It was. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's good times. So how's it been for you with the two girls? Two girls? Yes. Um, raising two girls. Because we, we seems to be a lot of people I've interviewed lately have raised two girls. Hmm. How's it, how is it for you raising two girls? What, what's, the, um, what's the important thing to teach girls, do you think? It's a big question, I know. Or you're just at the stage of just, curating their personalities yeah i mean i i think the things i because i empathize a lot with them like i can feel exactly what's going on in their little head yeah and a little heart sometimes and i think that's something like my husband doesn't experience but like i know exactly what that sigh is or that like like cry you know like i know exactly what that is (laughs) it's me like okay I know what's going on, you know, but they still don't want to listen to me because, you know, they're all on their heads. So I have to figure out, I have to to remind myself that they can like learn these lessons and all that stuff. But also just like, 
again, trying to avoid all the mistakes that happened, you know, when I was getting, you know, growing up, like only feeling good about getting good grades and not being curious about, you know, learning for learning's sake and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And wanting to make sure that they have good social skills and make sure they're like, you know, um, but they are, they're, they're actually doing really well with everything. And like, every time I, I watch, observe Abigail in her like school habitat, you know, she's, she, she has all the social cues down and everything like that. So I'm like, all right, she's doing good. And like school wise, they're doing fine. I'm like, cool. I don't have to be that like helicopter mom, which I didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, they seem to be fine so i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah so you, you said aaron uh doesn't get you know i was in the same boat right like you don't get what's happening i got i needed to wait till violet was you know 11 or 12 because as a teacher that's the side that i get to see but oh. it took me a while to be like i don't know what's going on here and just have to explain it do you find do you get frustrated with your with your husband in that regard or is he pretty good? Yeah, I, I think there's also like some things that are different is that they have parts of Aaron's strong will that yeah. I didn't have. And so like <laughs> him going against Abigail, like they just like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to deal with that because that was not me growing up. And um, so I think I have to remind him, I was like, that is you. <laughs> you guys have to figure out how to like... <laughs> Yeah. communicate and resolve conflict because you guys will just like keep fighting and not take you know not give up yes that wasn't me yes yeah, so we find back with uh El eldest and and jazz that it's it's be even better now than it was last year was the cons it's it's often who gets the last word is the problem that hasn't happened for a while now that I think of it but there were quite a lot of times when me and the youngest when me and Noel were in her room just waiting just waiting for them to they would go from one end of the house to the other and it just seemed to be like and another thing just yeah. to get the, that last word in and oh it's it's a tough tough battle isn't it yeah I mean I didn't grow well I did but I didn't like my stepdad would like yell and growl and stuff like that but i was just like whatever you're not my dad <laughs> yeah somewhere else. always always a winning comeback isn't it you're not my dad bye <laughs> not my dad and i don't have to talk to my other dad so i'm cool <laughs> and i get with my mom so yeah yeah um yeah it's just it's something i've i'm still learning like i'm like i have to read these parenting books i have to figure out like how to communicate with kids because i'll say do something and then they don't do it and that's just where I am. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah. I, I think I had this realisation fairly recently that, like, we we often, people ask you, like, about parenting and you, you might say, well, this is how, this is what we wanted or this is, but really it's just trying different stuff and it, you probably, you, you probably have a theory on parenting once you've done the parenting, right? Like, it's not, we started with this theory of parenting and it worked for us. It's, yeah. well, this is what I've learned and, like you said, a lot of it is the advice you give. A, don't, here are the mistakes. I can show you what the mistakes are. I don't know if I can tell you like what to do, but I can tell you don't say this thing to them. Um, yeah. The use of the word today, I've noticed, is a good uh, idea. Like, you know, you are, uh, I believe I once told my eldest, 
that she ruins everything. That that's not a cool thing to say to your daughter. What I needed to say was you ruined. Yeah, but you need you need to say you you ruined today. Ah, like, that's a good job. You're being you're horrible today. Yeah. You're selfish today. Like that that's that's helpful. I know. But when does it click in their head today? Like I'll say that I could say that, and then <laughs> my eldest would say. You said I ruined everything always forever. Yeah. I'm a horrible person. You said I'm a horrible. I'm like, I didn't say that. Let's so, rewind the tape. I didn't say that. I just realized, yes, the use of saying that is basically to argue in a court of law. Well, I didn't actually say forever. I, I just said today. I meant, I meant, so yeah, that's the, that's you're the a point. horrible person today. Yeah, you are being very horrible today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, Your behavior is horrible today. <laughs> yeah. We're being specific with our language even though you're having a meltdown and so am I. Yeah. It's the avoiding the parent parental meltdown too. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That was, there you go. Yeah. Like there's some meme that's like scary mommy. I don't know if they have that in Australia, but it's like, if your children are good in society and not monsters at home, you're doing something right. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm definitely in that like lane. And then my mom was like, that doesn't make any sense. You don't want your kids to be little shits to you. <laughs> no. I don't know what to do. But I, I remember Chaz's mum saying, like, because that was the thing, especially with, with Violet. Noelle, we've never really had any issues with her at school, but Violet was a struggle at home. And when we used to talk to her teachers, especially kinder, kindergarten teachers, and we asked them, like, what do you, how do you cope with Violet when she's really heightened and they just looked at us like we were insane. Like, what are you talking about? She's a delight. Um, right. And that, I remember Joe was talking to her mum and saying, like, like, I don't understand. She's really trying with us. And then at school, everything's fine. And, yeah, her mum said, well, being good all the time is really hard work. And yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't thought of that before. But so she's keeping it together at school. And then when she gets home, she just, they release all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but. And the other one was like, she only does it because she feels safe. You know, that's how yeah. they act when they feel safe. I read that and I'm like, cool. I, I, I can kind of remember that. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think my husband has, like, he doesn't read that stuff. He doesn't no. like seek out advice. No, uh, but I, you know, you'd always think, is there a way to make them feel just a little bit less safe? Just a little, <laughs> a little bit less safe. <laughs> just so they, they cut it out. Like, <laughs> I was like, what's the difference between when we were kids and he was like, you could beat your kids. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really like, I mean, I got spanked, he got spanked, you know. It's a horrible realization that I had. I, I can't speak for other parents where, where I realized, like, oh, this is why people hit their kids. Like, I don't hit my kids, but I get why. Like, if you're, if you have a l- little bit of a lack of self control, then mm-hmm. you get what? Because, I mean, I don't know. Can you ask every parent, have you ever hit your kid? No. Have you ever wanted to? It's probably yes. Like yeah. when you're that, everyone's that worked up, but you've got to learn. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> they really just, oh, yeah. really. I mean, I was never like beaten. I was never no. like to the no, point me that I hurt or anything like that. No. But at the same time, like, like in kindergarten, Abigail had a struggle um because kids were annoying <laughs> other kids were legitimately yes, annoying. certainly certainly yes and they would wind her up and she didn't have the self-regulation to like just ignore it 
Yeah. So she would get wound up every single day. And the teacher actually did call me and was like, your kid's wound up again. She's screaming. She's crying. She's disruption. I was right. like, sorry, can't you do better? And like, but there is legitimate issues with the teachers. Like we yes. took her, sent her to a private school because of COVID and like our county was um, remote. And I said, kindergarten, I can't do at home. Um, no, you know, somebody absolutely has to not. <laughs> And so I sent her to a public a private school but it ended up being horrible because they expanded their enrollment so much that they hired a bunch of inexperienced teachers yes. to teach kindergarten. Yeah. And then kindergarten was a freaking nightmare because they had no classroom management at all. <laughs> and I kept worrying. I was like, she's not going to be prepared for first grade because they're not learning anything. They keep firing teachers. The teachers aren't good. Um, and then she gets to public school. So, yeah. um, and it's in person. The teacher's great. 20 years experience not a damn problem not a damn all. problem that's right all right well i'm gonna to have to sorry i'm just gonna to have to stop because we're gonna run out of time which is strange i don't know why it's time this one weird for zoom unless they've changed their terms well, it's like 40 minutes is the cutoff for like non-premium yeah but i i found that if it's only two people then oh. you can record forever but so i don't know what's up with that i know it's you know i'm getting weird Pop-ups. Yeah, I started doing, I paid for Zoom when um, uh, my stepfather died. Yeah. And we started doing more regular Zoom calls with my mom. So. Yeah. So when, when, so this is Dennis. When, when did Dennis um, pass away? January of 21. Yeah. During the first COVID winter. Right. I was the yeah. first thing, God. Before vaccines and everything. Right. And did he did he have COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jazz just mentioned, because um, I was going to talk to you about, like, the Christmas we had in North Carolina. That's where you grew up. Yes. Um, so your mum and stepdad lived in Hickory, right? In Hickory, North Carolina? Uh, like a little no? outside of it in a town called Hudson. Hudson, but, right. But, now, yeah. Is Hickory really called Bumtown? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> this is my Hudson. obsession. Okay, yeah. Hudson, and specifically the street that I grew up on, which yeah. is um, Lower Cedar Valley Road, yeah. um, had a lot of bum garners that lived on it. And they. So that's their name, right? Bum garners. Bumtown. Yeah, yes. Bumtown, right. Yes, that's where Madison Bumgarner is, right? The. Yes. the uh, well, I would say famous, but he's a famous pitcher. Won the uh, World Series with the uh, Giants. I could be completely wrong there. Yes, the San Francisco Giants. Yes, and uh, I loved his name so much that I looked up. What a! I, I actually I remember you saying that he was from um, where he grew up. So I looked him up, and that's where I heard that they called a bum town. Now, in the research, it said that there were so many bum gardeners in the town that when he was at high school, he had a girlfriend called Madison Bumgarden. <laughs> I think I knew. I think I remember that. So they had the same name. I don't know if that's true. That sounds maybe apocryphal, but it sounds like pretty weird. <laughs> well, there are a lot of bum gardeners. Now, um, did you read that in the New York Times profile? I don't know. Maybe it was the New York Times profile yeah. yeah that was a little surreal i was like oh my god the new york times is on my street in bumtown <laughs> <laughs> talking about 
the Mexican restaurant that Madison loves so much. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. It's it's weird when that happens, isn't it? When sort of the outside world intrudes on such a small area. Yeah, but that was an exciting time because my husband Aaron is from the Bay Area. Oh wow. So California. So he's a Giants fan, and I became a Giants fan subsequently. Yeah. Which is also why we go to Golden State Warrior games. Yeah. Oh, right. I did wonder that. I was like, why? Why are you going to a Golden State, Detroit? Was it? Oh, Washington. Washington. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So, like, Giants fans and Madison. It was just a very cool. Uh, October 2014 was a very exciting year. Yeah. Right. And I was also pregnant, so it was very memorable. Good time. Good series. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you grew. So you grew up in Bumtown. And uh, so we we visited uh, Christmas 2003. It was one of those things where when you left Leeds, it's all right, she can talk to you. What? It is a mug with a rag in it that your sister made. <laughs> it is a mug with a rag in it. Can you take it to the kitchen? Okay. Um, so yeah, 2003. So you were, you were only in Leeds for really six, like months. six months. Like five yeah. months. Yeah. But the, the friendship you had with Judge was so strong that you were very sad. And that's one thing we haven't really talked about is just how much you and Judge can cry at a movie, especially horrible, you know, horribly sad movies. But I have been in a movie theater with you and Justine where it did sound like wolves howling. But that wasn't Lilia forever. No, I don't think you this. Then. No, that I was wasn't the- there. I don't know what the movie was. It wasn't. It, might, it wasn't even Lilia forever. Which is, if you haven't seen it and you like to cry, then you, what are you doing? You should watch it. But I don't know. Jazz has watched that again. She's got me to oh. watch it. Yeah, you should watch this. Cool. Yeah, it's about a woman. She's like in sex slavery, and she thinks she's going to get out, but then worse things happen. Yeah, that's that's the kind of movie I want to. And then you and then you hope and pray, and yeah. suicide is the happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how? Uh, yeah, that's the type of movies where she's like, you should watch it, and I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Um, so you invited us. You were like, oh, you should come. You should come to um to have Christmas with us. And we had no money, but we were like, yes, that's that's what we need to do. So whatever we whatever we worked, we just saved up enough money, got flights. Um, flew to North Carolina, and uh, I, it's always great to tell people like, "Oh yeah," have you, they say, "Have you been to America or have you been in the US?" And I'm like, "Yep." Like, whereabouts? You're like, North Carolina. Oh, Anywhere else? No. <laughs> Two, you know, ten days in North Carolina. I've seen a lot of North Carolina. I can tell you about the Biltmore Estate. We we made it coast to coast. Yeah, we made it yeah. like Mount because we went to the beach. I remember eating hush puppies. That's right. We went to the beach and we went to the mountains. Saw frozen lakes and I saw the beach. Yeah. At mm-hmm. Wilmington, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of, uh, for someone like me, good old, you know, Michael Jordan territory. You took me to yeah, Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, yeah. yes. So I did that. I did your trip well. Yeah, you certainly well. did. Certainly did. I did a lot better than Mark's trip to upstate New York. What happened when Mark, when the Mexican visited you in upstate New York? <laughs> so, um, we rode little tiny mopeds a lot. Um <laughs> It's just pretty funny. I'll have to find pictures of that. Yeah. Um, I had this like Chinese motor scooter called a Mantis because it looked like a praying, praying mantis. mantis. Nice. Headlights. Yeah. And that was the one that I gave Mark to ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. We went hiking and stuff like that, but you know, it, 
it was a small town and I still had other work to do. So it's yeah, right. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the complete st- tour of the state that we got, no. but we, um, we very talk fondly of, of that. And we still quote Dennis regularly. I mean, that man could boom a voice. Uh, he's the one that told me. Now, I always say he said, I do declare, but I don't think he said, I do declare. That's probably going too far into the stereotype. But I do declare. I, I, I don't d- recall that from he did. He did tell me I had hollow legs. And I was like, I haven't heard that expression before, but I use that all the time, especially with my daughter, because I could eat. He's like, where do you put your food? Yeah. Like you got hollow legs, boy. Like, yeah, that like that's cool. That's a good phrase. You didn't adopt the like, I recall he did this, like, you're all right. I don't care what your boyfriend says. <laughs> no, but I just loved I, you know what? I love meeting stereotypes. And he was probably the best stereotype, right? That's like when you say, Oh, I went to stay at this house. He had uh, Civil War memorabilia, grew up in the South. Confederate flag, hanging Confederate on the wall. flag hanging on the wall. Uh, uh, he uh, could eat like no man can eat. We remember yeah. we took you to Cracker Barrel. Remember yes. we? So we had such a beautiful, you know, ten days. Everywhere we went, we got fed great southern food, like just oh, so many biscuits, excellent. And so we went to the Biltmore Estate, and we said, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, let's go to Cracker Barrel." And the goal was to eat as much as you could for breakfast. So then you didn't have to eat again till dinner, which I always appreciated. And then we said we would pay. We, we you know, you'd done everything for us. So Did we you? would pay. Yeah. So we paid for breakfast and Dennis went, oh, all right. I think he said, are you sure? And we're like, yeah. And he, I, I, that was the most impressive eating I've seen probably was just, I'll have this and I'll have that. Yep. These guys are paying. He told everyone that we were paying great times. Yeah. Like 5,000 calories cost seven ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just, yeah, we'll have one of those and one of those. I think we went to the um, the Outback Steakhouse and uh, learned very quickly that, like, what is sold to Americans as Australian is completely yeah. weird. You know, they said, oh, you know, I remember in the lead up to going, like, everyone kept talking to us about, you know, we'll have Bloomin' Onions. And we were like, okay. And then we got there and they're like, oh, we'll get blooming onions. And we were like, what is a blooming onion? And everyone sort of like record scratch moment of like, what do you mean? And we're like, we don't know what that is. And they're like, isn't it Australian? And we're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. Well, I think I was better cultured than that. Yes. <laughs> I'm but sure I, I just indulged you guys and was like, yeah, let's, we can go to all the steakhouse. We never eat there. <laughs> I, love, I love out. It was great. Good eating. But yes, go, going and uh, yeah, hanging out with Dennis. The other phrase that I always say is shut the goddamn refrigerator door because that was, yeah, he would just sit in his lounge and shout it, usually at me. And that was always the, the sudden hospitality of like, oh, he tre- he's treating me like a son. Like he just shouts at me. Like shut the door, stop eating the food. Like, oh, good times. Um, I also remember again, like the, the as a stereotype, like he he had an issue with his arm, right? I'm yeah, right remembering yeah, it was that. It's a birth defect. Yeah, a birth defect. But he told me, and maybe that's not true. But he told me it's because the doctor pulled him out by his arm. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, basically. So, and he, like, the, like broke his shoulder or something. Broke like his shoulder. And why? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, the doctor? And he was like, oh, the doctor was drunk. And I was like, this is like amazing. This is like every stereotype I've ever heard about the <laughs> South of America. Like, yeah, turned up drunk, pulled him out by shoulder. Oh, God. But yeah, we, um, yes, talk, we still got photos of him trying to get a, like a bonfire happening with his little tractor in the rain. <laughs> It's been raining all day. Oh dear! Yes, he was—he was a a complicated figure, you might say, right? He was being extra hospitable, though. <laughs> yeah, very. Yes, he was extra hospitable. Yes. He, um, yes. Yeah. As far as um, you know, somewhat embarrassing, but like, oh, he tried. That was nice. It's one of my fonder memories of Dennis. And, yes, because um, we 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 knew he tried to yes. make it stay comfortable and. Yes, we'd heard all your stories about Dennis, and then yeah, meeting him was like, oh, he's really, he's really selling southern hospitality to these Australians. There's no doubt about it. My, I tell the story too. Like when I first met Aaron, and I was explaining Dennis and yeah. explaining my father. Yes. Aaron's like, no, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> nobody acts. Nobody acts like that. No, that's what I mean. Like when I tell people about Dennis, they're like. Oh, come on. Come on. He did not. He didn't have a Confederate flag and civil war. No, I'm telling you, he's the, you could go, what's a stereotypical American? And yep, that'd be him. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, the first time then Aaron that met him mm-hmm. was probably like a year or two after you, you met him. Yeah. Um, they came up to visit us in Ithaca, New York, where we were living for grad school. And we were all in the, my mom had rented a minivan. We were all like driving around. We were trying to like go find this. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Corning glassware. Cor- yeah, Corningware. Yep, Corningware. Yeah, yeah, Corningware. Yep. We were going to like the Corningware factory outlet. Right. They have a museum. It's in New- upstate New York. Um, but we were lost. And like five of us, Lindsay's, uh, Lindsay, her boyfriend, Aaron, me, my mom, we're all trying to figure out where we're going. And Dennis is trying to tell this story of basically just retelling, not Jeff Foxworthy, but another one of those redneck comedians. <laughs> right, yeah. He was basically like, oh, let me tell you the entire comedy show that I watched the other night. And then, <laughs> like, got pissed off that we were talking over him because we're lost in trying to find out where we're going. He, like, screamed. Oh, that's great. And that was when Aaron's like, oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, I used to, I, uh, I, I very much remember because I think that was around the time that, that Cold Mountain came out. We may have seen that together. Cold Mountain set in North Carolina, North Carolina, right? And um, set during the Civil War. And he mm-hmm. sat us down to explain the Civil War, how, what it was actually over, what it was, what people were fighting for, what you haven't been told, what, what is the actual truth of the Civil War from Southern perspective, all of this stuff. And I remember several times just going, well, I'm going to go to bed and leaving Giles there being polite, listening to him. But you said before that, oh, you, might, you may have slept in the room that you were talking about, but we didn't because your mum and Dennis wouldn't let Justine and I stay in the same room because we were not married <laughs> so we had to s- sleep in different bedrooms oh, oh. <laughs> so i don't know maybe in the night people left their bedrooms and crept into other bedrooms and then crept back into their other bedrooms 
uh, in the morning so that they, like, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, an experience. But again, like the, the sudden hospitality and to be, like, to see all of a state and to be in Raleigh and then go from Raleigh to, like, the different areas is quite, I think the thing is as well, especially in, in Hudson was that people had never met someone from Australia before. Like yeah. a, a lot of the wait staff or the, I remember buying alcohol and having to show my ID and, and people calling other people over to, to not to talk to me, but to have a look at my ID that it was from Australia. They could have talked to me about Australia, but they were happy just to look at the ID, I guess. It's, um, yeah, we very fond memories of that place, of that trip. It was, yeah, hilarious. And then yeah. I think we, we had New Year's somewhere. You also had one of the tallest friends I've ever seen. I have a photo of you and him. He looked about seven foot something, quite broad. Jason? Maybe. Did he have red hair? I don't know. He was like a giant. I've got a photo of it somewhere. I'll send that to you. Okay. <laughs> I also have a photo of you and Justine eating Cool Whip straight from a container. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was going to say pounding pound cake or, or uh, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, cool yes. Yeah, cool Whip and pumpkin pie. But I think at yeah. some stage it was just, let's just eat Cool Whip. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. We, um, yeah, that was a great, a great trip. And you know, one fun day. fact. Yeah. Fun fact. My roommate, my college roommate, Meg, who was yeah. studying in Wales when I was in Leeds and you met a few times and then yeah. you probably met when you were in Raleigh. But we now live like 30 minutes away from each other. Oh, we haven't cool. lived near each other in like 10, 15, 20 years almost. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, you guys want to come over? <laughs> That's weird. awesome that that, that, that that worked out for you that way. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's really nice. Like uh, she gets, she's it's good to catch up and reconnect with people. Cause we've lived like I left Raleigh and went to upstate New York. Yeah. I had friends there, but like removed from everybody. Then we went to New Jersey and then we went to Illinois. And so this is the first time I've been anywhere remotely close to North Carolina that a lot of the people I knew in college are close I, enough. And uh, at this place you're at now is, is it, do you feel yourself putting down roots? Is that you're hoping to stay, I guess, or is it, is the work yeah. that you do and Aaron does a bit too fluid um, for that? No, because I got a job with the federal government. So, like, oh. you know, this is my last job that I'm going to have. Right, um, right, right, right. <laughs> um, so it's a good job and I like it and it, it fits me well. So we moved because it was such a good fit. Um, and fortunately, Aaron was able to get a job with um, Mondelez Foods. He's in the food industry. He's a food right. microbiologist. And um, he was able to get, um, because that's a global company, like the pandemic changed everything. Right. And he said, I live in Maryland. I need to live in Maryland to be with my family. And they're like, that's fine. You can have this <laughs> position right. <laughs> come in the office. So it's like just totally transformed, you know, the way things is. So we moved to Maryland and, I mean, I needed to be in headquarters, but then, of course, I never went to the office for two years because of the pandemic. <laughs> That's right. And, we all and the federal government realizes, oh, yeah, people don't really need to come into the office anymore. Wow. So now I only have to go in one day a week. Wow. And the rest I, is, you see my office. This is where I, I spend like 90% of my time. So it's actually really nice. Like the, the town that we live in, 
there's a PBS documentary that you can find on YouTube about it. Yeah. It was a plan, one of the first planned communities um, to try to sort of create a, an inclusive, diverse community where there was um, uh, opportunities to work, live, and play. Um, there's walking trails everywhere. There's community pools. There's very intentional, like, urban design. Right. Um, designed by Jim Rouse, the father of the American shopping mall. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got a lot to thank him for. <laughs> yeah, so do some more research. Uh, it's quite interesting. He's also so, the grandfather of Edward Norton, the actor. <laughs> oh my God, that's weird. <laughs> what a connection. So when when was it when was it built? When was it designed then? When you, it's, 50, it's only 50 years old. It right, was designed right, right. in like 1969. Like um I love yeah, that it took uh, took till 1969 for them to let's have a planned community. Before that, it was just oh well, need more homes, need more this. Let's just put it there. Yeah, I mean, and that has not been done much since then. Like, there's right. a couple of planned communities in Maryland. Yeah, um, I had no clue about any of them, but you know, um, I really like it. It's, it's suburban, but it's got everything that you need for. Yeah raising families which is what it was intended to do and sounds a lot um, like canberra it sounds like where we are like it's a you can tell there's a lot of intentionality that's the right mm -hmm. word for canberra the design of it again similar like parks everywhere walking trails everywhere um really designed for that family dynamic which is why people say canberra's boring which it is yeah and it, like, <laughs> nobody would say Oh, it's the happening place to be. But if you've got two kids that you're that's right. yes. want these amenities, you're like, oh, that sounds perfect. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And yeah. It seems like, to work. I can walk out of my house and there's like a two-mile walking trail and yeah. woods and nature and animals. and Yeah, the girls can ride their bikes to school without ever crossing the road. Like that's the design of the place. Oh, floof. All right. Well, I'm going to put an end to this, Keza. Um, I think my wife would love to have a chat with you. It's been great catching up with you. She wants to show oh, yeah. off her, her new cat, don't you? All right. Well, I'll see you later. And that's it. I'll get, I'll get jobs. Here she is. Well, I was going to say, like, it doesn't have to be a podcast audience. But, um, There's a kitty cat. Hello. <laughs> You might need your headphones on, Justina. Those ones? Yep. Hello, Keza. Hi. Hello. You guys sit down? Yeah. This Bye is... Matt. You can't hear you. Uh -huh. I've got headphones in. She oh. just said, Bye, Matt. Oh. Yeah, I can't say how long uh, Otto will stay like this. <laughs> it starts squirming. But what did you do to, to meet the boy? 